0: What's up? You know what I'm saying? It's me. Um today we do not have no special guest, sadly. Um uh, But today we do have a very important segment to talk about. Um excuse me. We have an important segment to talk about, which is the um just basically talking about our government once again. But again, this is your safe. Haven, you know what I'm saying, it's your safe haven, so whatever you have to say, stays between us, and stays until, uh, stays until these guidelines right here, so, I want to say this question, and, uh, I'm gonna try, this, and y'all just tell me, y'all get the brain moving, and, uh, just let y'all know how I feel about, how I basically, feel about the situation. Um, So the first question is like what extent of power to what extent has the power of the presidency expanded over time? Right. So in my opinion, for the president of the United States come from the president of the United States is the head of the United States they can they don't control everything they don't control everything but what they do they have they eye into everything they are able to see what happens inside of the executive branch legislative judicial everything right so they it expanded um it is sand- it seems like the president has some type of power in every single branch of government, and why I say that is because just like the executive law, I mean the executive branch, just like how they make the laws and they they change laws and everything of the sort, the president, if they he, if he feels that they don't fit as such, he can veto, right, and that's one of the powers that he has inside of the legislative, um, as well as he picks. The people that he wants inside of his government, right? He picks what he wants inside of his government, right? Because if you think about it, those things are needed, but at the same time, um, his power extended, like, and I'm referring back to this question his power has extended over the time, right? So, um, but, yeah, so it seems like the power of the presidency has extended. It has expanded, right? Because, I mean, when you think about it, um, you sit here and you just think about um, the things that happened during the time of, and back in the day, I'm sorry. When you, the time, when you think about it back in the day and everything, um, everything else Power wasn't like that. Right? And they joined and created informal and formal powers. Right? So let me let, let me let y'all know what informal powers is, you know what I'm saying? The informal powers is in place where you are organ uh is the you have the ability to need achieve without an official leadership title. Right? And I think what that kind of means, and I'm giving y'all the definition of informal power because that um, the president has formal and inform formal and informal powers dealing with uh, the United States of America, right. So um, just like how um, good example, the executive branch, right? The executive branch, Takes out and they make the laws and they they create the laws for people to stand by right the president is not over the executive laws but what he can do is when he see something that is unconstitutional he can step in and do a veto right he can do a veto and that's when he has some sort of control or like i said in the definition of official leadership title but His name is not who made that law. He was only the one that approved the law, right? So, now that we talked about formal, informal power, we're going to talk about formal power, right? Formal power is based upon power conferred by organization, while personal power is power based upon the leadership personal skills. Um, I'm going to just kind of expand on that, right? Um... I'm gonna expand up on that because even I, me reading that, um, kind of confused me, right? But formal power is just because of where I'm at, in a position, right? In any type of position, in any type of military or command or uh, so on and so forth, you have power that's assigned to you regardless if you like it or not, right? Just like how Caucasian people has a some type of social status, and I'm gonna say that call it formal form of power, but there's some type of example of kind of of form of power. They born that was born into power. They could not, you cannot take that away from them because that's what they was born into. Right, they was born into form of power, and I'm giving y'all the examples just because just so I, this can relate to the U.S. president as in general. So when oh, a Caucasian per- person come into the coming to this earth, they have some type of social power. They are they they are quote-unquote better than any other race. They are quote-unquote superior than any other race. And I'm saying quote-unquote because these are stereotypes and and thoughts that other Caucasian people has built around the fact that um there had they had some type of formal power they had power that was already given to them when it was born in right it was born in so we're gonna start and we're gonna get back on track and talk about the president right the president and formal powers i'm giving you all good examples of these right so right um he the formal powers he's automatically into so and he he he's like the commander-in-chief of the armed forces of the u.s Right. That's who he is. That's who he is. You cannot take that away from him because that what he was sworn into. He 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 was sworn into. He was um, campaigned for or who he campaigned for and so on and so forth to gain commander of chief commander in chief and just being the president of the United States. Right. Another piece of uh, another piece of form of power that he has is um negotiating treaties with formal entities and the reason why i say that is because he can negotiate he can negotiate he can negotiate treaties with other people and that's something that you cannot take from him the, this is the power that he's had since he's been into or she, or she. But we haven't had a sh- uh, woman president yet. But this is the w- power that he or she was born was g- got into when they got elected into office, right? We can go back and we can talk about the informal, um, the informal, um, powers of the government, which is, um. We could talk about the informal powers. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. Um, of we can talk about the informal powers of um, of how they how they how presidents roll, which is just like I said with the executive branch. Right? They have they doesn't they don't have powers they don't have powers to um, they don't have powers to control anything, but there is, they do have power to say no in some type of way, right? So, the, 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 um, let's go to the second, uh, let's go to the second uh, question that I had for us to think about today, um, do you believe that 2020 we should uh, we should have a electoral college? In my opinion, I don't think we should have a electoral college. I think we should run exactly how other parts of the of uh, chairs run. They run off the popular vote. Right. If Trump and this is an example, if Trump led the last term, if Hillary Clinton, Hillary, Hillary Clinton won that popular vote, right? And this is dealing with lessons that I learned from my teacher um, earlier this week. Hillary Clinton won. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, but because she didn't have the electoral college votes, she lost, right? And in my opinion... Using the electoral college makes, using the electoral college kind of is one of those things where it's like the bigger states matter. You want to have a president want come to Tennessee because we only maybe have one or two electoral college votes. I mean, college points. They will go somewhere big like Texas, California, Pennsylvania. Um nevada, they would go to these places just like the ones that's going on now, these places where it's such so crucial to get them because it's 2030 20, 2030 20, electoral votes that you are able to get in this um electoral college, right? Or in this state, you will see college presidents go there more often because these are where electoral votes are most important at, right? But I feel like as us as a nation, we should be equal. We we always talk about equality and freedom. Let's be equal and not make some states better than the other, because that's what it seems like. When I put when I put more power on another state instead of putting the power into everybody's hand, you put power in maybe eight states. Maybe those just those eight states should govern, should vote, because. That's the ones that matter. I have never seen a president come to Tennessee, um, and I'm young, so I don't know. It probably some they probably did, as you know, for a reason or something. But I have never seen uh, a president come and campaign here, and I'll talk. It was talk about it. I have never seen it because we don't have as many as many electoral votes. Now, people will go down to Texas. Presidents will go down to Texas. Presidents will go down to Nevada. Presidents will go down to Pennsylvania. And so on and so forth because they have a lot of electoral votes. And that's, that's what presidents do. Right? So let's make, let's, let's stop that and make people equal, right? Let's make people equal in some form of state. Let's make people. Let's make states equal, so it could be a popular vote. We can take out electoral votes and just make it a popular vote. Make it where a vote where if if it's a billion, if it's three hundred million people in the world, and Biden got two hundred million, we know that if Trump get a hundred million, that he lost because he Biden has more victim has more votes to him than Trump. Let's do it that way instead of making only eight really eight electoral votes really matter right sometimes and and i'm gonna say this because it it can't come to this when it comes to really thin needle uh standpoints you can need a a one or two votes such as tennessee or somewhere else right but at the same time if the only thing they need to really win is those big states right now you can, it's, it'll be helpful to get those one or two or three electoral votes, but what they do need, they need places that's going to give them 20, 30, um, and so on and so forth. So, that's in my opinion, that's why I think that you should we should not have electoral votes or the electoral college here in the first place. It should all be about equality and the president should be based on popularity because they are going to follow them more because more people wanted to follow for them instead of it being just eight states that really has a say so and the other 42 don't have a say so until the president like oh well i'm down my one and so now i need tennessee to vote for me no it should be like that it should be literally a popular vote where you have Everybody have some type of say so, right? That one vote or that thousand votes count. It it'll count if I'm doing it going with the popular vote, but it won't count if. I mean, either way I go, if you, I'm a thousand down for me, if it was Biden, it is is two hundred and sixty nine. That's the big thing. Two seventy is how a alle- uh presidents win, right? So. If Biden got 269 and a thousand more went to Trump, Biden only, Biden is really not a loss to Biden because Trump only gained one electoral college vote, right? He can go to the next state and do one more or do another vote and hopefully they'll do it that way. But at the same time, like I said, you only need maybe, and these are guests, they would not probably need like eight states to. Eight different states that got those high uh, electoral college votes to do that. And me personally, I would go after those first, but I will know, I will want to show that the other 42 states are loved and I care for them because they need love too, right? But this is the end of the podcast. This is your safe haven, and I'm out. Y'all have a blessed day, and I'm out. Peace.